0: We are on to the AFC North draft grades today on Peacock and Williamson. Three good draft classes and the Steelers is what we'll be talking about <laughs> on today's program coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock
1: and Williamson NFL show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day
0: welcome to the peacock and williamson nfl show brian peacock and matt williamson with you once again at pd peacock at williamson nfl talking afc north draft grades pro, um, a programming note i'm super excited to hear matt talk about the Steelers. that's why i'm so uh, <laughs> all today and uh an extra cup of caffeine for this this uh wonderful thursday morning thought it was all i thought it was thursday all yesterday too like my My life's like I'm moving, and you get the draft. And sometimes I'm recording a podcast for the next day, so like my brain's always one day ahead. Um, but we are here on I blame the moving, moving
1: just screws you up.
0: Well, moving is, is oh, and like if you're an adult and you can afford it, hire movers for the love of God. Oh, yeah, hire movers.
1: Even if you do, I bet it's a pain. Like, where's this stuff going to go, and what am I throwing oh, away, and all? Yeah, you know, ugh, I do dread And we're that. going
0: back to the Bay, so we're going reverse, and and we 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 upsized in going from a one bedroom San Francisco apartment to uh, a big house in Davis. Now we're downsizing again, going back to just north of the Golden Gate Bridge uh, in the Bay Area, and downsizing by pretty much half as much square footage and it's amazing how much and i would like to blame you know my wife for a lot of it is just how much young kid acquired. has something to do with it too. oh and a child oh it's man like, the, the toys oh my yeah. Lord, the the amount of stuff we have acquired and i feel like i haven't bought in, uh, anything new for myself in in three years <laughs> yet somehow we have an amazing amount of stuff in this house that we're downsizing so we're gonna have, to have a little storage unit for a bit till we figure all that out but yeah moving is not a lot of fun hire movers that is my life advice for the listener. heck yeah Programming note Friday show will talk schedule release and some of the most notable things on the 2022 NFL schedule. The NFL is never short of storylines to cover here, which is why we do a podcast daily every single day of the year, all throughout the entire offseason as well. So make sure you subscribe and subscribe to the YouTube channel. The Locked On NFL YouTube channel is the home of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show to get everything all year long from Matt Williamson and myself and Matt, you've got some very good knowledge of one of these teams, the Steelers. It'll be the last team we hit here. We'll start alphabetical by city with the Baltimore Ravens first up with our draft grades and really universally a a draft that most people liked, including myself. And it started out with the Philadelphia Eagles jumping up in front of them. And I wonder if it would have been Jordan Davis at 14, but maybe in I the end, in the end, maybe it ends up being better for the Baltimore Ravens if Kyle Hamilton turns out to be that guy that a lot of people thought was the best prospect in this draft before the pre-draft process and before he had some pedestrian 40 times and some pedestrian workouts. But Kyle Hamilton falls to the Baltimore Ravens in the first round at 14, and then they do some maneuvering to get back up and draft Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum at pick 25 at the end of round one, they come back and just so many picks, 11 draft picks for the, the Baltimore Ravens in this one. But I feel like we should pause and talk about those two first rounders because, you know, not, not high-end position value there with safety and center. But if you told me that Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum combined will play for, you know, 20 seasons in Baltimore and have, uh, you know, a handful of Pro Bowls, I mean that you know it, it just seems like mm-hmm. some very Baltimore Ravensy about getting some really nice value and just getting long-term foundational pieces on both their offense and defense.
1: Yeah, and, and first of all, everyone knows I'm a Sealer Homer. I'm not going to hide that. We're talking about the Sealers uh, division here. So when I say something negative about the other three teams, it's not personal. I'm doing my best here to tell you that, and universally any website you go to oh my the ravens draft was unbelievable i mean they just are so much better at it than everybody else trust me i praise the ravens like crazy and i adore their ability to accumulate picks and they had 10 picks in the top four rounds including six fourth rounders you better land some good players however I do think, you know, and I'm stealing some of this from our buddy, Mike Sando. He has a great article on The Athletic right now where he talks to GMs and a wrap up of every team, probably five to 800 words per team times 32 teams. And I'm actually listening to him on The Athletic podcast as we speak. I'm like five minutes into it. And they're talking about the Ravens. And it's an interesting Basically, what Mike says is the rest of the GMs chuckle a little bit because the Ravens get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, for example, if Jacksonville would have taken a Jabo at 45, ooh, that's a risk, I don't know, but the Ravens do it, wow, they're smarter than everybody else. And I'm not bashing the Ravens draft. It's probably my favorite draft of the all th- of all 32 in terms of what they added. But there are some questions, you know, like, there's a reason Linderbaum fell. There's a reason Hamilton fell. You know, some of the quotes from that article are, how many 6'4 safeties are out there succeeding? You know, how many, uh, you know, Linderbaum has very short arms. He's really a zone-only center, and they're a very power, uh, power-heavy team. You know, he's nothing like Filele, the other offensive lineman they took. Nothing like them. All that being said, they're a tape-driven organization more than most. And if it was the day that the last college, the day after the national championship game, no pro days, combines, senior bowls, you could tell me that Hamilton and Linderbaum were top five picks, and I would believe it. And they got what I think are long-term starters. But don't think for a minute that there's a chance that they miss, you know what I mean, that, or that they can't miss.
0: Oh yeah. And they have missed yeah. and, and they will miss. And and I do the same thing. I'm guilty of, you know, you see that happening. You're like, Oh, of course. And it just looks even better when it's the Ravens making the selections and right, you're right. A different team would have made those picks. And, and they deserve uh, the benefit
1: of the doubt going back to uh, Aussie.
0: If, if Trent bulky, didn't draft Trevon Walker, number one, then David Ajabo would have been, a Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> of he course, right? right, right. T- the team ACL that he loves to put together, but uh, they couldn't go there, so the Jaguars ended up picking a couple different players than David Ajabo. But then, but but uh, but again, you got to credit the Ravens because Ajabo fell to a level where it's like, man, even if it doesn't quite work out, it's worth the risk all the way down at 45. If it had been mm-hmm. a first round pick, I'd be like, gosh, you know, that's coming off the Achilles, you don't know what you're gonna get, but man, at 45, he could be as good or better than the guy they drafted in the first round last year to come off the edge and and um. Owe. So right. uh, I, I still
1: don't know if you have... know this, but Ajabo Ajabo and Oway went to high school together and are good friends. And the new defensive coordinator for the Ravens was Michigan's defensive coordinator, the Harbor Harbaugh Connection. So they know all about it. Aj- it's a perfect landing spot wow. for them, but that doesn't mean that it's a home run and it's not without risk.
0: Yes. And then when I talked about the Jordan Davis pick that they didn't end up making at 14, then Travis Jones falls into their lap, defensive tackle, nose tackle mm-hmm. in round three, which was phenomenal value to me. I don't know how he got out of the first two rounds. So when you start he to was add the next up,
1: best thing,
0: yeah, and it's just and it wasn't a deep class of tackles either. So for Travis Jones, and I know there's some some raw talent there, but man, he looks so good at the Senior Bowl. Yep, and. F- uh, just a phenomenal draft. I mean, I'm going to give him an A, even though I don't I even do know not. how many of these half a dozen. And they, they were able to dominate the fourth round. And I don't know how many of these half a dozen fourth rounders are going to be any good, uh, but it started with Daniel Falele, who's the biggest man in this draft. And you're right. So different than Tyler Linderbaum. Really quick, though, on Tyler Linderbaum, I will say, even though he's undersized and kind of short armed and, and not the biggest center, he can. I don't have a problem with him playing in a power scheme because he's got that wrestling background yeah and, leverage. And, and he's he's he doesn't get driven backwards like he i think he's probably underrated the power in his game just because he's smaller and I, I saw a clip uh i think it was on draft day i saw this clip and i didn't realize it. i knew he was a wrestler but um i saw a clip of him and his former iowa teammate tristan Werfs. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently they had some heavyweight battles for a while they were like a friendly rivalry in in wrestling and i saw a clip of him slamming tristan wirfs who's a much bigger guy by about 30 pounds and pinning him and i guess you know wirfs has gotten him a couple times too in some of those matchups but to win a it's uh, good company might have been to win like a, a big championship Linderbaum slams tristan wirf so there's some power to his game even though he's athletic and would have fit zone schemes i think he fits any scheme which is why he ended up being a raven here but yeah so you, you know different. what i think he's
1: an a plus run blocker a plus on yes. the run heaviest team in the league so you know, and you can give him good. a
0: little help if you feel like you need to. If there's a big nose that they're trying to root out of there, and that's mm-hmm. what you, that's that's the beauty of having a center. Even that's where you can have an undersized player is he can handle one on ones, he can get out and move. But you know, you can double team and you can help have your guard help him out if you're trying to get somebody. Mm-hmm. And there's just fewer of those big nose tackles in the league anyway. And you drafted one of the two in this class, or one of the handful in Travis Jones in round three. Uh, so Falele which is a nice little lottery ticket. Uh, Maybe he's too big, but maybe he's even a a future starting right tackle for them in the fourth round. Then you go Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama corner, uh, Charlie Kohler, a Iowa state tight end. And with these six, it's really clear towards the end of the fourth round, they had six fourth round picks and they kind of ran out of guys. Like, what do we even do here? It's like, well, let's just draft another tight end and why not? Let's draft the punter too. So Jordan Stout, Penn state punter at the end of round four with Isaiah likely the second Tight end they selected in round four. They finished round four with De- uh, DeMarion Williams, Houston cornerback, and then uh, a pick I really love, too. They finished strong. Mm-hmm. Tyler Beatty, the uh, the running back from Missouri. He's not big, but a really good receiver out of the backfield, but doesn't necessarily fit the mold of – of a classic Baltimore Ravens running back, but maybe that's what they need—is someone who's very different than some of the guys they already have, and can give you some third-down value, maybe some special teams value. All the way down in the sixth round, love the value of Tyler Beatty uh, out of Missouri, the running back. So it's an it's an A draft. It's it's one of the best drafts. Maybe an A plus draft. It's one of the best drafts in the league this year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can't argue that. I mean, it's 100 true. Reading Mike's article. Uh, Falele and Jones. I was shocked. Jones lasted to seventy six. Travis Jones, and there was major concerns around the league about their their weight. You know that they can balloon up. That will they will they stay? You know, in proper shape. That was a concern with those guys. The Jalen Armore Davis pick is probably my favorite pick of all of them. I mean, it's a real easy one to overlook. But I looked at him during the draft process. Like that's a starting NFL corner. And we saw what happened to the Ravens when Peters and Humphrey and those guys got hurt. They're very corner dependent. They have massive Alabama ties as well. I bet that's a hit. Um, My biggest criticism, and I guess they tried to do it on several occasions. um, They didn't, they traded Hollywood Brown and didn't draft a receiver. You know, like is Odell going to end up there or Fuller or Landry or somebody like that. And I love Bateman, but they cut Boykin and they got rid of Marquise Brown. You would think with, Ten picks in the first four rounds, you could find a wide out. but I um, mean, maybe that's still to come. I didn't love tight end punter tight end, you know, but with picks between one twenty eight and one thirty nine, I thought you'd get better value there. They're obviously going to have a lot of two and three tight end sets, and like you said, you start to run out of position spots. You, you know, it's hard for everybody to make the team, and when you have these many picks, so I guess there's a good reason or a good argument for. You know, uh, Brian Cook, or I forget his first name. Cook, the punter, the long-term punter with the Ravens, who's been great. He's been one of the best punters of this generation. But I'm not looking at the salary cap. But I'm sure he's making four or five million dollars. Would you rather have a the hundred thirtieth pick overall or five million dollars in cap space or whatever that number is, while you get twelve years younger at punter? Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. that, you know, the economics and the math add up there.
0: And do you gain five million dollars of salary cap there that lets you go, you know, sign a free agent wide receiver to fill right, that up right, right,
1: or something like that?
0: But yeah, stock way up on Rashad Bateman, right, in the dynasty world,
1: huge, massive, yeah. yeah, blowing up.
0: Follow Lele is so interesting. Last note here, we got to move on to the other teams in the division. But six eight three eighty four. I mean, that's on paper, that's too Rare. big. There's not many successful players that are that big, and and mm-hmm. you could when you're when you're three eighty four that could that could turn into 400 pretty dang quick i That's imagine problem, you know like right. one uh, a couple of um a couple of you know drives home from the practice facility to the wrong you know the, the wrong and all you can spot. eat yeah, yeah right and so but what's crazy is i watched him is like and his workout numbers aren't great but then when you watch him it's hard to get around him. You don't have to be that athletic when you're that big and he's mm-hmm. athletic enough. He can move a little bit and it's, it's pretty interesting. So that's a, a fun little pick there. And yeah, round four with a dozen picks they, you can tell they went, we had a little fun with it.
1: Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, the obvious comp for him is Orlando Brown, who they got right. an awful lot out of and flipped into a first round pick. I mean, that would be tremendous. I didn't love for no matter where he landed, but I think this is his best landing spot. And you got to remember, I mean, guys like Jones and for they're on their best behavior in terms of eating and making their body look good. Now that they have a home, some guys will be like, I'm not doing that anymore, you know. But I don't. I love him in the run game. I, I think he's going to have a tough time with T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett four times a year, though.
0: We've got to move on to yeah, the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers next. But how about built bars? If you don't want to balloon up to 384 pounds, Grab yourself a box of Built Bars, the newest flavor birthday cake puffs. That doesn't sound like it's a food that's healthy for you, but (laughs) amazing. It's only got 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. And most Built Bars have only 130 calories and and 4 grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. And I don't know how they do it, but they make it taste good first and make it good for you second. It is high protein, low calorie. Compare it to other highly caloric protein bars compared to candy bars And, and it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar so really it's the best of both worlds and it's what what it's like to eat a a birthday cake puff from built is is pretty unbelievable to to find something that's only 150 calories and, and has all that protein for you and if you're going on summer vacations make sure you're throwing built bars in your bag instead of some other really terrible for you snacks and really just replace all the snacks in your pantry with built bars that way you can feel good about it when you do go reach for that midday snack and you can get 15% off at Built.com with our promo code LOCKED15. You can get a mixed box, whatever flavors you are feeling, some of the uh, you know, one, uh, part-time flavors and, and, and new flavors that are happening all the time at Built.com. Just go to the website, Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are on YouTube on the Locked On NFL channel. Make sure you go subscribe there and hello to anybody who's already watching us. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, the bell, so you're notified when a new episode shows up. And you can also find tons of other content on the locked on NFL channel, like the locked on NFL podcast, which Matt and I used to host. And now there's just a number of hosts like Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, and the whole gang uh, talking about all 32 squads in the NFL. There is no off season for real fans in the NFL. It's why we do what we do. So make sure you subscribe to the locked on NFL YouTube channel to find Peacock and Williamson daily. Who's up the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you buy for a team that's got a franchise quarterback yeah. and was in the Super Bowl and fell a little bit short? Are you chasing what you missed in the Super Bowl or are you just still trying to build around your young superstar quarterback? Because the Cincinnati Bengals were kind of lovable losers for a long time in the NFL. And now it's like, uh oh, this team could turn into a, a juggernaut. And I really like how they let the draft fall to them. And they ended up with, again, not huge positional value but one of the more dynamic defenders in this draft was daxton hill the safety out of michigan at pick 31
1: yeah big picture the ravens deserve all the benefits of the doubt they're a very successful organization they're a great drafting team of this generation the last five to ten years uh the Bengals are the opposite to me and where i'm going with this is Frankly, it's not that hard to take Jamar Chase at five or Joe Burrow at one or even T Higgins at 33. And there's some Billy Price, John Ross, you know, Cedric Abouye, Dequars Denard, you know, as first round picks lately. That being said, where I'm going with this is I'm buying this organization for the first time in a long time that I think they have a plan and it sure helps to have Burrow and Chase, of course, but their offseason to me has been very impressive because they had two goals. Let's rebuild this offensive line and let's rebuild the secondary. And they used free agency for one and the draft for the other. And they drafted three defensive backs that I like, including their first two picks. And I don't know how their defensive backfield overall is going to shape up. Are one of these guys going to be a Bates replacement because they can't, you know, uh, you know, sign him long term? They like big corners. Taylor Britt and Hill, I both think, could play outside corner exclusively if they want. Hill was a slot more than anything with Michigan, but they have Hilton, who's much different than Hill. I mean, Hilton's five inches shorter and much smaller and much slower, but he's a really good slot. Um, will Hill be the Lamar Jackson spy? I mean, will he guard Mark Andrews that week? Yeah, there's just so much you can do with him. And Hill's absolutely one of my favorite players in this draft. I many times on my Steelers show said 20 it's twenty for the Steelers, Daxon Hill. Sign me up. I love it. I think he's going to be a great player. Getting him to 31 is a steal.
0: More and more in college, you're just seeing them put their best player at that sort of star, that nickel. Yeah. Yeah. Getting close to the line of scrimmage. So you can't avoid him like you could if there was a stud corner on the outside or a, you know, a a safety and deep coverage, especially with how many screens and RPOs and short, quick stuff that uh, spread offenses in college are throwing these days. So uh, I I love Daxton Hill for that reason. And I think in the pros, when you're, you know, when you're in those sub packages, which aren't sub packages anymore, that's base nickel, right? You Mm -hmm. play him at Nickel him close to the line of scrimmage because you can but you could play him outside corner you could play him at free safety you could play him at strong safety but you know i just yeah. like him at one of those safety spots and they, you've already got jesse bates there in center field so to me you just play hill next to next to bates and then on uh, you know when you're when you're in those nickel packages you have daxton hill close to the line of scrimmage in that nickel role let him do that and um let Jesse I think it be-
1: depends who comes to town that week. You know, if, yeah, if you play the Panthers, you might play man coverage against McCaffrey, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. he you can just do
1: whatever you want. You know? Right.
0: I love it. So he fits in and they did a ton of work in free agency. And you look at that offensive line now, and you've got Jonah Williams, uh, Jackson Carmen, who is the, uh, the second year, second rounder at left guard. And he's, you know, he was a top 50 pick and still is maybe the, the, the most, the, the worst of their five starters now. So they're, they're yeah, in a right. spot. And you, they brought in Karis, um, they have Alex Kappa that they signed in free agency. They brought in Lyle Collins as well, so they did a really good job of addressing that need in free agency, which is what you want to do and that's why you got to commend the the Bengals for what they've done the last few years they didn't they they made the right call. You said it was easy it was kind of easy, but there was a lot of push to, for them to help out their young quarterback the who to, an ACL to go pin a sewell in the draft, and they made the right choice and they, they went. Did the wide receiver in Jamar chase. And they attacked that need in free agency to protect their quarterback and drafted best player available in the draft. And they did it again this year. So I love that for the Bengals and and I love the direction they're going there. They came back uh, with the rest of their draft and added to the secondary with another versatile player who could be a corner or safety in cam Taylor, Britt out of Nebraska, Zachary Carter, Florida defensive tackle in round three, late round four, Cordell Volson from small school, North Dakota state offensive tackle, uh, might kick into guard, but it has a chance to, to maybe play some tackle as well. Tyson Anderson, Toledo safety, the third safety, and another uh, really athletic player that um, is a little bit bigger than the other two uh, d- defensive backs that they drafted. And then Jeffrey Gunter, who is a high upside, boomer bust, seventh round pass rusher out of Coastal Carolina, 6'4", 260, and could give you some value as a, as a third down pass rusher. So I like what they did there? They really attacked the secondary, especially the safety position. And I, uh, and w- which is interesting because they've got one of the better safeties in the league already. I'm wondering if they're looking beyond
1: Jesse Bates in, in some ways. I just think it gives them options. You know, okay. like I think Hill or Taylor Brick could be outside corners. I think Anderson's a true safety, and he was my favorite sleeper safety, mid round safety in this draft. Big, fast, developmental guy, but there's a lot of tools there. Um, you know, if you remember a month or so ago, my, my Bengals draft ditty little nugget was over X amount of years, 10, 12, whatever, all their first round picks have either been offensive players or defensive backs. And they kept true with that. And all the corners they've taken in the first round, there's only three or four of them during that stretch, have been mostly offensive picks are long, big bodied guys, you know, going back to the Zimmer days, they want big corners. So if Hill, Taylor Britt are safety corner tweeners, maybe they just look at them like big physical outside corners. Whatever. It just gives them a lot of options, to be very honest with you. And I, I just like that approach. And I want to mention Cordell Volson, the North Dakota State kid. He's another one of these over you know, guys out of this draft because of COVID, stayed an extra year. But he may end up being a starting guard for them or their third tackle or their short-yarded sixth offensive lineman. I mean, I I think there's something there in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, not bad for a a late fourth round pick at that. Yeah, yeah. First pick in round four. So that is the draft class for the Cincinnati Bengals. I like it. I would give it a B plus. You know, there's only six picks in total, and they didn't pick until pick 31. And, you know, Mm -hmm. half of their picks were the same position, potentially, if they all end up playing safety, which I don't think is going to happen. I think Cam Taylor-Britt's going to come as the corner. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting draft class. There for them, but I, I like what they did. I like the direction they're going when you put when you look at their plan with the rest of their offseason, too, with what they did in draft versus what they did in free agency. I like it. Uh, I'm giving them a, a solid B, even to the B plus range for the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Next, let's talk Cleveland Browns. Super, and- super quick Bengals note, and, and I agree with you that they did well. I'm very impressed with their offseason, and I give them credit because usually. Their second pick in the draft is about where their first pick in the draft was this year. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's
0: very true. And yeah. and they got some upside with all of their picks. You know, any of those guys they picked could hit all the way down to the seventh round. At least yeah, give them yeah. value as a rotational player. So I do like that aspect of their draft as well. Solid B there for the Cincinnati Bengals. Next, we've got the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about those Cleveland Browns? This is... I feel like it's the worst drafts of the division.
1: Ninety two. But Watson and, obviously has some weight here. In a yeah. Or, you know, they, right.
0: They, they they had to trade away their early picks, so they didn't pick until round three. But they had three thirds, two fourths.
1: They did trade down again to get yes. more picks. They realized they need to throw a lot the wall here and see what sticks.
0: And that's exactly what this draft is. There's a lot of stuff on the wall right now, and, and I don't know which one of these are going to stick, but Martin Emerson, Mississippi State, was their first selection, the fourth pick in round three, 6'2", 200-pound, big body cornerback out of Mississippi State. Then Alex Wright, and look, Alex Wright was one of my guys I was looking at was very sleepery, but I thought he was uh, a day-three guy more than a day-two guy. They got him in the middle of the third round out of UAB, big-bodied uh, 6'5", 270, pass rusher that is really raw. Uh, David Bell did not work out well, but people really liked him pre-draft, and he had some production at Purdue, 6'1", 212-pound wide receiver, but not dynamic. Their best pick, in my opinion, value-wise, is Perry and Winfrey at the top of round four at defensive tackle because it wasn't a deep defensive tackle class, and there's some boomer busts with Perry and Winfrey, but loved seeing him just dominating one-on-ones at times at the senior bowl, even though his tape is kind of up and down. Then they went kicker in round four with Cade York out of LSU. And anytime you start going kicker early, you, you kind of start to lose me. Uh, Jerome Ford, Cincinnati running back in round five. Michael Woods, the second. Kicking in Louisiana
1: is a lot different than kicking next to the lake in December, by the way. <laughs> and I know nothing about Mr. York, and I wish him the best. But trust me, I was a part of that organization. And when we were in the draft room, we had Phil Dawson who lasted forever. But when we looked at kickers, we're like, I don't want anyone from the south or west.
0: <laughs> Just because they don't even they're they're not even ready for it.
1: No, no clue. Right?
0: You mean you didn't crush that that punter and kicker tape,
1: Matt? I crushed for the draft. It wasn't my department.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Michael Woods, Oklahoma wide receiver. They went back to Oklahoma in round seven with Isaiah Thomas, the defensive end, and one of the NBA All Stars. One of the many NBA All Stars in this draft. I wanted
1: draft. him to land with Kobe Bryant, but yeah, man. exactly. and yeah, well.
0: nice. maybe Chris Paul too. There you uh, go. <laughs> and. Dawson Deaton was actually maybe my second favorite pick value-wise in the class for them, uh, center out of Texas Tech that I think has a chance to to stick seventh round.
1: Yep, and they got rid of Treader. So, I mean, that was my favorite pick, actually, considering what they paid for him. Mm -hmm. Might work out real well for him.
0: Right, exactly. Um, uh, Yeah, but I think he nailed it. Like, they threw a bunch against the wall, see what sticks. Maybe they get a couple of players here. Maybe there's some dirty starters in there, but I see mostly depth.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that happened is, They traded Troy Hill back to the Rams, which I think made the Emerson pick a little bit more logical. I I don't know if Emerson's an outside or a slot. He's got good length, but I think most project him to a slot. That's where Troy Hill was. They have Newsom and Ward as the outside guys. So I assume the Emerson pick is, you know, pigeonholing him into Troy Hill. And I can't mention Troy Hill without one of my favorite things that I go to. It's kind of like the Taylor Swift, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, DeAndre Swift thing. My grandparents grew up on Troy Hill here in Pittsburgh. So I I always have to mention that when I throw Troy Hill out there. That's just my own little side note. Um, Alex Wright and Winfrey, there's potential there. Uh, they will look a lot better if they bring back Clowney or Namakong Su, who they've been rumored to be talking to lately, or both. You know, But if they're counting on these two rookies to do a lot in year one, I'd be a little concerned. I'm with you on Winfrey. Like, if you watch him at the Senior Bowl and one-on-ones or his highlights, he's phenomenal. Why is he last of the 108th pick? Well, I'm not sure how to best say this, but I guess he's very high-energy – He's definitely high energy, high maintenance. That he's a handful to be around every day. <laughs> he's not for everyone. Put it that way. Okay. Yeah. You got to manage him.
0: Yeah, the Oklahoma. You 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 talk to the Oklahoma staff. You're like, hey, talk to me about Perry and Winfrey. He's like, well, he's high energy. You're like, okay, tell me the truth. Okay, he's high maintenance too.
1: Yeah. Right. Like we love yeah. the player, but we won't miss him around here every day. He makes us a little bonkers. You know,
0: that happens a lot. There's there's so many right. personalities and character reports and medical that we don't get a chance to see. We just look at the tape and you never know what else is being talked about with some of these prospects. And mm-hmm. it might lead to some falls. But, you know, it seemed like he was higher than a than a round four prospect for that reason. But yeah, overall, you know, whatever As a C minus draft, I guess, for me, I can't totally rush. Yeah. We'll see if Emerson plays. I wonder if they're thinking we just talk about how you put your best player in the slot. What if they're thinking about putting, you know, a, when, when you go nickel, you put Denzel Ward in the slot and you have Emerson maybe, come play outside as the third corner or something like
1: that. It's, that's a possibility as well. And speaking of slot, I think Bell just immediately fills the landry, boring, move the chains, yep. quality player, little upside type, but that's good for them. He'll block for the run game, which is important to them too. And then my last little nugget is I thought the Jerome Ford pick was very curious with – not only giving Chubb money, giving Hunt money, um, but who's the other one that played some last year? Williams, I think oh, his yeah. name is. I mean, they I'm gave sure. him like $3 million in restricted money. So a little alarm bell went off the back of my head, and I really like Ford, by the way. I wonder if they're fielding offers for Kareem Hunt because he's was. the only one that could move. You know? I
0: was about to see say the same thing, and, and yeah. for a team that might think they could need a, a starting caliber running back, that would be smart. And, you know, some tread on the tires and, and keep filtering in those. I'm off the right. Yeah, no, you're right. How about those Pittsburgh Steelers starting things off with a quarterback? The local kid, Kenny Pickett out of the University of Pittsburgh. He gets to stay. I mean, he doesn't have to move if he doesn't want to, although he can afford much better digs, I'm sure, than he did in college. I don't know if he had any of that uh, the NIL money there that was coming in from from Pitt or anything like that. So I don't know where he was living. But Kenny we've actually
1: him. asked about him, and he said, um, "I love my roommates, but I will not be having." Oh, any... yeah. He lives with like four dudes from the team oh, yeah. or whatever. No, no, Some... no.
0: Your first round pick, you should not have roommates yeah. unless, <laughs> unless uh, they're paying you rent and they've got they're living out in the boathouse or something.
1: Or you're engaged to her, you know? Oh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. But he is anxious to move, but. For people who don't know, I should just tell you this right off the bat. I mean, the facility where Pitt and the Steelers are, is they sh- there's a wall that goes right down the middle, and on the right side is Pitt, and on the left side is the Steelers, and then there's a cafeteria to the side. There's four football fields behind there. First two are the Steelers, second two are Pitts. There's an indoor facility on the other side of the parking lot. So you see each other all the time. They're going to know Pickett, to, to say the least, maybe more than, the, than any team knows about any player in the entire draft.
0: And look, we know the we know the strengths and weaknesses. It, to be honest with you, sometimes the scouting part is pretty easy. Like how does the rest go? And Right. Nobody knew more about a prospect, I think is the way you put it, in the draft than the Steelers knew about Kenny Pickett. And uh, so they believe in the young man. And and I think that
1: was the key there with this pick, right? That's why I could put my stamp of approval on it. Like we did You know, who are your top 20 if you were the Steelers GM? And I had Pickett right outside that. He was like 21 or 22 for me. You know, I would have taken Dax Hill or McDuffie in real time when the 20th pick popped up. But I've never met Kenny Pickett. I haven't sat down with him. I don't know all those other things. And I still know people in the Pitt building that I would trust to the ends of the earth. And I'm sure they told Tomlin and Colbert everything about Pickett, which means – I'd be really shocked if he's a bust. You know what I mean? Like just knowing what they know about him.
0: By the way, who's gonna be the next GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers? And doesn't that seem odd that and this happened with Ozzie Newsom, right? Where you pick the next quarterback on your way out, you would think that the new guy would get a chance to pick their own quarterback.
1: This is a bigger conversation we can have, but Tomlin and Colbert basically have equal power, but it's the Rooney's organization. Every pick they ever make is, this is our pick. Um, Kevin is still going to be involved. So the new guy is going to learn slowly, and nothing happens real fast or abruptly with this organization. <laughs> Let's just say that.
0: I got you. Okay. No, that and that's, that's why there's stability.
1: Right. I mean, it's the tortoise winning the race, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Moving on past round one, the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted wide receiver George Pickens out of Georgia in round two, round three, uh, DeMarvin Leal, Texas A&M defensive end, that sort of three, four, five technique uh, defensive end there out of Texas A&M then went with dynamic speed, but not size in Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis at wide receiver Connor Hayward, sixth round sort of H back fullback tight end, um, you know, it's a family business over there in Pittsburgh oh, as yeah. well. Another Hayward in the building now from Michigan State. Mark Robinson, Old Miss outside linebacker in round seven. And to finish it up, their second, seventh rounder was another quarterback. They started and ended with quarterbacks in this one. It was uh South Dakota State passer Chris Oladokun. Uh, you did a better and- job than I
1: have yet with that name. I've avoided it like
0: a <laughs> yeah, Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was sort of every other pick I liked. I, I still don't know about Kenny Pickett at 20. Felt It's it just, you know. I just didn't love, the I hear you. Yeah. you know, maybe he turns out to be the guy there. Um, I, I want to see what his, you know, his hand size with the NFL ball and playing a little bit later in the season in Pittsburgh, because those college seasons end pretty early. So we'll see what that ends up looking like. Mm-hmm. For Pickett. Um, But it seems like a pretty stable human being there, at least to try to sure, compete sure. with Teddy or with uh, uh, Mr. Trubisky at quarterback. I love the George Pickens pick. We've talked about this multiple times, and my take was, you know, we're going to look back, and especially we talked about giving the Ravens credit. I give the Steelers maybe too much credit. Oh, they picked a wide receiver. It's going to be a hit. You oh, know? yeah, sure, So right. when you see Pickens fall, the Steelers, like, oh, they're, of course, they nailed this one. It's going to be a hit. They're so good at picking wide receivers, and we're going to look at Wandale Robinson and Tyquan Thornton and be like, what the hell are these teams thinking, passing on George Pickens? So uh, he goes to the Steelers, and and, and I, just, I really like the fit for Pickens, too, to be able to Very go much. there not the pressure of a first round player, but he has all the talent in the world with Mike Tomlin to be, you know, sort of a a mentor there for him as well.
1: They've handled some big personalities in that wide receiver. room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's say that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well <laughs> so, versed in that. So they, they draft the talent, you know, um, the third rounder. I liked it. OK, you know, you get yourself a, a defensive lineman there. So we're a boomer busty type of player, which which is really what all of this has been so far of the Steelers. You could talk me into any of these guys being booms or busts so far in the first three rounds. Calvin Austin, though, feels pretty safe for a fourth round pick. I thought he was going to go on day two just because how dynamically athletic he is, not just four three deep speed, but he's got amazing quicks. He's fearless with the ball in his hands. He plays bigger than his 5'7 size, and he's got return value. So if all he, all he ever becomes for you is a dynamic returner late round four, that's still a really good pick. So it might even be my favorite pick of the draft for them. And by the way. It's my favorite
1: pick of the draft, too. Is yeah. it?
0: Yeah. yeah. And according to uh, Peter King, because he was in the Baltimore Ravens draft room, they were going to take him with the very next pick.
1: Yep. So I did kind of criticize the Ravens for not taking a receiver. They were trying. You know, yep. I mean, it, this didn't work out, and it doesn't always work out that way. Um, let's start with Austin real quick because he's little, but boy, is he fast and he's going to get a lot of jet sweeps in this Matt Canada, you know, type of offense that we really haven't seen yet because the quarterback hindered it. But here's my favorite Austin stat is over 90% of his receptions came as an outside receiver and often against man coverage. And I'm going to quote Greg Cosell on him saying he might be the outlier of, You know these little guys that can actually play on the outside and defeat man coverage with regularity because he did all the time in college for two straight years. And he has track speed. I mean, so I think that's a great risk to take. Um, I think Pickens is a great pick as well. There's some immaturity stuff with him. There's nothing criminal. It's just he was a five-star recruit that everything came kind of easy to him, a little bit entitled. He's also highly, highly competitive and emotional as a regard, you know, but he needs reeled in a little bit, but that's a perfect situation for that to happen. Liao's the one I didn't quite understand because he's not, he's going to be an end in the three, four, but really he's going to be an interior pass rusher, but he doesn't really look like Hayward or Toit or Kiesel or Aaron Smith. He's not as long as them. He's not as tall as them. I looked at Liao kind of as a Michael Bennett, Solomon Thomas, base four, three end bump inside type. Um, But he's a very high talent, you know, him and Pickens a year ago were on the McShay way too early mock drafts as like top 10 picks. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. their, their final year didn't go exactly to plan.
0: So overall, I, I like some things, some things I didn't think they got great value. Uh, You know, sort of a a C plus, B minus sort of a draft for me. And it's it's a boomer bust class, especially on day one and two. And this could look like an A in a few years, and it could look like an F in a few years. And so this is going to be a a very interesting class to follow.
1: The pick at the pickings conversation is obviously going to tell the story. Absolutely.
0: In a highly contested division in the AFC North in 2022. So those are the grades for the AFC North. Only two divisions to go, the AFC South and the AFC West. That will be Monday and Tuesday. Or actually, that will be Monday and Wednesday because we've got schedule release to talk about on Friday's program. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll have our live chat Twitter Tuesday episode next week there. So start getting those questions into us on Twitter at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL or just join us live in the chat on Tuesday for that podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.